Welcome to the 13th ever episode of the Video Store Junkies podcast. And we're covering kind of a special movie today because this is a new movie and it's also a, a fairly old movie at this point. This is <laughs> 1973's slash 2019's 2021's The Amusement Park, a film that was thought lost for a long time. This was a George Romero movie that was shot as a something of a PSA and never released. And it was thought lost to the ages, but thankfully someone found it and restored it. And now we can say that in 2021, we get to watch a previously unseen George Romero movie, which I personally think is very exciting and is probably coloring my opinion of this film just a little bit. But uh, mm. before we get started, let's go around really quick and introduce ourselves and say what our favorite ride at the amusement park is. Renee, why don't you kick us off? <laughs> oh man <laughs> this, is, this is a fun movie about fun things so let's let's talk it's about true, what kind of fun we like to have at the amusement park <laughs> oh my goodness uh i'm renee and man i'm not a huge like like roller coaster type you know fan or you know rides and stuff like that but boy it's kind of hard to think of a favorite because you know really like the ferris wheel it's pretty you know get to see all the stuff but i really like the little tilt-a-wheel situation oh man Man, or Tilt-A-Whirl. I don't know what the hell it was called. I'll stick with the Ferris wheel. That thing's pretty safe. And, yeah, even uh, if it you're It won't old. nauseate me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Still even safe. If you're, yeah, even if you're uh, it's somewhat, uh, somewhat old and, you know, getting on your ears, uh, much less, uh, much like uh, Bill. Bill, who are you and what is your favorite? <laughs> I'm Bill Mulligan. Wow, we're just going to... There was a time when the Ferris wheel actually had some excitement because there was a brass ring that you were supposed to like reach out and grab. And if you did, you got another ride on the Ferris wheel. And if you did it wrong, you degloved one of the fingers of your hand. So, <laughs> was that I thought that was the carousel, bit? Bill. Wasn't it the carousel? What? Oh, that was oh, the carousel right. with the brass ring. Oh, you're right. With the Ferris wheel, it would have been like fatal 90% of the time. <laughs> you're right. Yes, you're true. true. But it would deglove you, I think. It, well, oh, totally, totally. I mean, they're, they're not going to give. Hey, listen, you don't get to keep an amusement park open for very long if you're just giving away free rides on the carousel. <laughs> There's got to be oh. some sort of gamble there. <laughs> Which is a much fancier word than merry-go-round. But uh, my favorite ride is definitely the bumper cars. I mean, is there any uh, is there any yeah. doubt? It's it's so cool. You're smashing into things which you're not allowed to do, or it's very expensive if you do it with real cars, and. For, for added benefit. Oh, you have absolutely no control. I, I, I never understood what the point of the steering wheel was. These things would go in circles, forward and backwards at a whim. Like, like you know, just whatever. You hit something and then you'd go backwards. That's about the only rule that applied. Everything else, you just, it was, it was like total, you think you're in control, but you're absolutely not. It was a metaphor. Also, if you looked above you, you'd notice that these things worked by some like weird Tesla invention. <laughs> That, that is like there's a there's an electrified grid above you with sparks and it's touching the the pole that comes out the back and you realize this cannot possibly pass any code outside of a former Soviet country. I mean, th there's just no it way that's not safe. It works. It, 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 I'm sorry. It was a Dino. What was the Dino Dinohattan? It worked in Dino Hatton in, in Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I was going to say, Super yeah, yeah. Brothers. Dinotopia is a James Gurney book about an <laughs> island true. of dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's, worked in Dino Hatton. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Paul, it was a man, I blew fun. that one. Yeah, <laughs> finally. Thanks. Uh, but, Paul, who are you, and uh, what is your favorite amusement park ride? Uh, I, I'm Paul Cardillo, and clearly I'm approaching senility, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I like... The haunted houses, even the really shitty oh, ones that, oh. that have just like the chicken wire and thing goes, bah, bah, <laughs> you know, or you're like, it's just I, even the crappy ones I enjoy. I don't know why. Yeah. Partially, the 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 artwork on the outside is always amazing, and the inside is just so disappointing. But yeah. that's yeah. part of the fun. Yeah. As you go and like, and every once in a while, you get one that's a little different, that's only slightly disappointing, and that's that's kind of fun. So yeah, yeah those mm. are mine. But, and uh, there was that one in North Carolina where it turned out, and when they were taking it apart, one of the wax uh, figures turned out to actually be the mummified <laughs> remains of an actual guy that Me. people had forgotten was, you know, they, they'd embalmed him with probably arsenic or something and, mm. and just mummified. And they thought, well, it's, it's like a fake mummy. And then he broke and there were bones inside. God. <laughs> God, was that well, the guy who was like no a, Zach? How about you? Who are you? Well, you was like that the guy who was like a criminal or something? Yeah, yeah. They did a dollop yeah. episode of that. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Um, 
Yeah, this 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 uh this podcast brought to you by the dollop. Check it out, it's a great podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not one for rides because I have a very sensitive inner ear, but uh, you know, oh. I think my favorite part of the amusement park is uh the funnel cake stand because oh. I, I will uh I will visit that multiple times in uh in a single amusement park visit. So yeah, I the reason you have answer. problems on the, the real reason you have problems on the rides there, Zach, eating multiple uh, Probably. Cake. It probably doesn't help. Uh that's for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, well, you know, amusement parks are generally a place that you go to have fun and, uh, as the name would imply, be amused. But today we're talking about a different kind of amusement park. We're talking about George Romero's amusement park. And like I mentioned at the top, this is a, uh, a, a, a th this is an old movie because it was shot in 1973. It was shot as a PSA. And apparently it was shot for, it was a work for hire for, uh, man, I didn't write down uh, the group, but I think it was a, a Lutheran group uh, that basically commissioned it. It was supposed to be about, you know, uh, getting old and why we should respect old people and, and treat them with dignity, which is, uh, you know, commendable. But apparently they were not impressed with what he turned in or they not uh, maybe they were not amused or <laughs> they were absolutely <laughs> horrified. So this was basically shelved and kind of lost to the ages until I guess it was rediscovered a couple of years ago. It was restored by, I, I think it was uh, the George Romero Foundation basically oversaw the restoration and now it is available on Shudder. And so originally we, you know, no, new quote unquote new movies, we, we usually just do reviews of this movie uh, or if you can call it a movie kind of defies review. So I think we're just going to jump in. And honestly, just uh, kind of talk about our thoughts about uh, the movie, kind of how it fits into George Romero's legacy. And, you know, yeah, do we think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely an interesting piece of his filmography, but uh, do we think it measures up to his other works? So I'm going to kind of open the floor for, for open discussion about this. Uh, what are the things we, that struck us about this film uh, that we think weren't discussion? Well, I, I think one of the things really is, is the way it was marketed recently. Um, it was marketed, I mean, it's on Shutter and it's marketed, it was his most horrifying thing ever. And yeah, I think yeah, it did a, a great disservice to what it was, mm -hmm. um, what it is. I, I, I mean, it, it's horrifying in some ways in terms of what it's talking about, but really, I, I think it's, to me, it's, it's more of an, a, a curio um, yeah. in terms of, so I want to kind of pass that, you know, as, as a launching salvo in terms of what people think. I, I would agree that this this is not something you have to watch to be except as as a George Romero completist. It it doesn't really it, it doesn't really fit into anything. It, it, but to me, it, it is a curio, and it's interesting. And just I'm just trying to understand because when I saw this, I was like, well, of course, this was before he he did all this stuff. It's like, no, this was this was May 1973. <laughs> he he had done Dawn of the uh, Night of the Living Dead. Uh, what year did Dawn of the Dead come out? Well, Don was 78. So, yeah. so he had, okay. So, so he had done Night of the Living Dead. So I, I'm assuming they did their due diligence. I know they didn't have IMDB back then, but George Romero had a name for himself just, just on the base of Night of the Living Dead. And so that, you know, they're saying, Oh, we got to make a movie about elderly abuse. Uh, who should we pick? And I'm like hmm. getting flashbacks. It's like when Nickelodeon hires the guy who does Johnny, the homicidal maniac and just says, make a kid's cartoon. And he comes up with Invader Zim and then they watch it and you're like, this character is pulling out people's eyeballs. Like, yeah, what did you expect? What did you think was going to happen? So I, I, I'm kind of amazed that the first guy they go to is a guy who at this point in his life was famous for making what everyone claimed to be the goriest, most horrifying movie ever made in history. Um, <laughs> so, okay, uh, there's that. And just, just to put it in context, yeah. So, so this was made uh, in, I believe, shot in 73. And at that point, he had released Night of the Living Dead, which was his first movie. And he'd also released There's Always Vanilla and Season of the Witch. And well, the crazies, saw those two, so yeah. Yeah, the crazies would also... <laughs> true. The, the crazies... Uh, Season of the Witch is good. Uh, the crazies yeah. would come out the same year, but I don't think it had been released at this point. Right. Now, it is it is notable, and we, we are actually... I believe this episode is going to be released first, but if you uh, tune in, I believe, two weeks after this episode first airs, we will be releasing our episode on Night of the Living Dead, which uh, where we talk a lot about George Romero's history. And his history was not as a feature filmmaker. He had made his name in and around Pittsburgh as a very competent and very successful 
uh, commercial director at that time. So I wonder if maybe that, I mean, it's kind of hard to believe that they weren't aware of his involvement with Night of the Living Dead. But I also Mm -hmm. wonder if maybe like the Lutheran Society, maybe they actually weren't really aware of that because that wasn't (laughs) something that they would watch. And they just knew him as, yeah, he's he's uh, he was one of the creative uh, talents behind the the name of the company was the latent image. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they were just familiar with his reputation as a really competent commercial director. That could be. He, that it was also about the time that he directed a, um, a TV series called The Winners that was a sports-themed uh, show. Okay, uh, so that could be. documentary yeah. and everything. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, if you're looking for local filmmakers, I guess he would be the guy. It just It's just kind of funny. Well, um, does anyone know about anything about the writer of it? Because he wasn't the writer. The writer was Wally Yeah. Cook. And that's oh, the that's only true. thing I can find in IMDb. So, yeah. does anybody Wally, know? Wally Cook sounds like a made-up name. I'm just <laughs> it, it could I, be. I do you wonder call if it Wally was... Cook and George Romero answers the phone would not surprise me at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like uh, what in uh, in Seinfeld where he he's like answer the phone as uh, you know what, whatever the name of the company. Oh, Art was. Vandalay. Yeah. <laughs> Vandalay <laughs> Industries. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did wonder about that. I, I, sorry, yeah, I looked it up. the The name of the the group that uh, supposedly commissioned this was the Lutheran Service Society of Western Pennsylvania, and I wonder if Wally Cook was maybe he got mm. the writing credit because he was actually like I don't know maybe maybe he was a member of that society and maybe he actually maybe. quote unquote wrote the script, but then you know what George Romero actually made visually was obviously very subversive compared to what they probably expected. Yeah, my my understanding is also the the original version of the film didn't have the prologue or epilogue that they made him go back and shoot those yeah. those the oh, parts that, where, that where Lincoln Mazzell yeah. is talking yeah because they're like okay this no one has a clue what this movie's about unless you throw right. these on there. And then it's like which is like well, you know, it's not that not that Romero is known for his subtlety, but you know. No. Well, yeah. Well, do we do we want to talk a little bit about the the uh, star of the show, uh, Mr. Lincoln Mazel himself? Oh yeah, who, yeah. Who, uh, speaking of the elderly, uh, Paul, you mentioned that uh, he <laughs> lived. This movie was shot in '73. He was yeah. uh, 70 years old when this movie was shot. He died in 2009. Yeah, he was. He, he was, was 106. 106. Yeah, mm. and he the only other like wow. he he did. Uh, <laughs> He did um, Martin a couple for for uh, for uh, Romero a couple years after this, but I think other than that, he was mostly a, a stage actor and singer. In fact, his son, his son, I have to say, I can't say I can name that many famous conductors, but his son was Lauren Mazel, who was a famous conductor of like the the London Philharmonic and like it was like National Symphony of France or something like that. Like, so, yeah, I mean, his son was a really famous conductor as well. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So what what did we think? And I, and I should actually pause here and mention what I always mention on our on our straight up review episodes, which obviously uh, there are, you know, a lot of spoilers, not that you can really spoil anything about this movie. But if yeah. you really want to go in blind, maybe pause, go watch the movie, then come back. Um, what do we think about his performance and uh, what do Please we think don't about... kill yourself before you listen to the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, what, what do we think about his? I don't I don't think he's even credited as uh, it. Does he have a does he have a name in the movie? I can't even remember. No, I don't think so. Um, yeah. But what do we think about his like performance and his uh, his his character of uh, the old man who becomes progressively more disillusioned with uh i guess the the experience of aging very good he's very good in it yeah it's it's not a subtle role but he gets to do he gets to suffer a lot he gets to cry he gets to show mm. a full range of emotions and he quits himself very well mm-hmm. you know yeah because um, i mean you definitely get your sympathy which is the whole point right? oh yeah yeah that's that's true you're supposed yeah, to empathize with him and and, mm. and certainly do that he he's done nothing to deserve the treatment that he gets in this film yeah which I guess is kind of the uh, kind of the kind of the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now but. I thought it was kind of interesting. This is this is kind of a uh, I don't know I don't know if high concept is the term, but the the kind of wrapper of this movie, and I'm not talking about the intro or uh, the, the prologue and epilogue. I'm talking about the the whole uh, you know being in uh, I guess limbo or whatever is kind of an interesting uh, kind of kind of high concept for what is essentially a PSA. 
where you actually yeah. you actually know what's going to happen to this guy before mm. it happens and yeah. you're almost like biting your your hand like you know and it's it, it does almost have that horror horror movie quality of you know you're like don't go out there but he still goes out there and horrible sure. things happen to him yeah i mean it, it it's it's interesting again i think the the main issue I had was just the way it was marketed at, you know, re- recently as yeah. this great lost horror film. No, I think it's a it's definitely an interesting thing. They they intentionally used a lot of uh, you know. I think he's probably the only professional actor really. There's a couple other actors mm-hmm. that seemed like they at least had some experience, but they intentionally used a lot of of uh, a lot of amateurs, especially the older people. They said were people that were from homes or things mm-hmm. like this and they wanted to get have that be an activity for them and something to do and so it was interesting to see the amateurs in there as well i thought that was kind of neat yeah yeah aspect of it. yeah, yeah I, but, I guess it's kind of it's always interesting to see when a uh a quote-unquote lost film is unearthed and it's kind of it's kind of hard to put it in the context of when it was made because yeah like you said it's obviously being marketed as you know george romero's lost film and george romero being a basically you know uh master of horror they are marketing it as a a, 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 an unearthed horror film from the master of horror george romero which is not what it is now i wouldn't argue oh go ahead they're also marketing as the film that was so over the top that they suppressed it i mean it wasn't just lost it was buried you know, yeah. they, they and, and so you're expecting, oh, boy, oh, you done effed up Lutheran Society of America. You hired George <laughs> Romero to make a PSA. As they're trying to old people's intestines and eating. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. You just and, and of course, that's not what it is. It, it, the horror of it is just the relentless uh, depression of, yeah. of this thing. Yeah, I think it's overlong. I, I think I think it, it makes its point pretty quickly and then it just hammers it home. Mm. And and there are parts of it. I, I actually, I think the, the part that's the hardest is just the the, the vignette with the, the old couple, with the, the husband sick and the wife running up and down the staircase to call the doctor and mm-hmm. scrape up some money. And that's this, I, I, I think if I remember right, that's the, the future for the young couple that are looking in the crystal ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, that, that's that horrifying. And, and that was very effective, but it's, it's just, there's so much, it's just relentless. And, and the point gets beaten over your head. As you said, Romero was never the most subtle guy when it came to politics and there, but usually there was enough narrative stuff to, to keep you going, but here it's pretty much all message. It is effective. It made me definitely want to invest more into my 401k. You'd be curious to see how much of it was from the script and how much of it he, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. I think I think there's a reason they were surprised when they saw the finished result. Maybe. I have to say though, so the timing to me is pretty sus. Like, so they found they uncovered the film in 2017. He died in 2017. So I'm like, mm-hmm. what? What exactly happened? Like, was somebody sitting on it? Like, did did he want this to come out? I mean, I feel oh. like. You know, and maybe he didn't. I don't know. But I, I feel like it was kind of sus. And I'm just going to tell you all right now, when I die, if y'all go through all my shit and you find something <laughs> and you want to be like, wow, look at this amazing hidden gem. Oh, I'm going to haunt you. I'm going to haunt all of you. Anyway, but just, you know, sell it and send the money to charity. But I just feel like that was kind of weird to me. I'm like, that was kind of sus. Like, what's up with that? That's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't even yeah. thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Like, would he, how would he feel about that right now? I don't know. I mean, I know his wife signed off on it, but he might, maybe he didn't trust her uh, artistic uh, vision. Yeah. He's like, what are you going to pull out every bit of, you know, it's a lot of times they'll do that with a a dead artist and and pull out things that are like, wait, no, there's a reason I didn't publish this. Yes. There's a reason. Me too. There's a reason you have not seen my works. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I I think it's actually, I thought it was, it was definitely interesting. What it reminds me a lot of mm-hmm. is one of my favorite subreddits on Reddit is r slash obscure media. And that's mm-hmm. where people will find these, you know, old videos, old commercials, old TV shows and put them up there. And this reminds me of the kind of thing that would have been posted up there like, hey, check out this really weird 70s PSA about aging. And oh, I probably would have watched the whole thing at that, you know, the same way because 
and it really does. It has a, a very 70, early 70s feel to it. A very kind of, we're going to be artsy, but, you know, or at least we think we are. Mm-hmm. And and uh, we want to use amateur actors for a reason. And it's it, it really felt, it felt exactly what it was. I mean, it felt like it, an artsy, early 70s PSA. And like I said, I, uh, something perfect for our slash obscure media if it wasn't so hyped by Shudder. This reminds me a lot of the films that would sometimes be shown in school. So I'm going to school in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And, every yes. now and then the teacher brings in the 16 millimeter projector and we're giddy. <laughs> we're giddy that, you know, we're not going to have to listen to the, you know, them. And then we watch these films. Now, these films were dreadful. Oh, my God. They were awful. They were so old. And, and we would laugh at the fashions, which is ironic. Um, and, and this would have fit right in. That, you know, except it was a little long for a class period, but they they beat you over the head with the uh, subject matter and, you know, trying to make you think. Some of them, some of them were great. Like, man, I, I, I wish I could still find like The Last Prom or Red Asphalt. Those those driving scare films, which as I recall, and, and maybe this is just nostalgia, gory as hell, just incredibly nasty brain splattered all just unbelievable gross stuff to try to scare us into never driving again and the um the the drug scare films they were amazing totally made by people who have never actually taken any drugs at all and and actually made you want to take drugs they really did. man all, all we got was our man mr sun but i liked our oh, man I, I got that one too yeah the, the our the man mr sun was pretty ones. damn cool that one had any album in it so. Those weird ones, like, you know, some kid wishes something, like, wish there were no springs, and then there's no springs on Earth, and you find out just how <laughs> many things need springs. Yeah, it's just weird, weird stuff. But, but I mean, were, I, were, I, 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 like, and though, I think this one, for what it is, I think it, it's, it's, it's good. It's, and it's definitely interesting. I think if you're, a, if you're a Romero fan and a completist, yeah. like, don't go into it expecting, you know, a, a, a hidden, you know, hidden horror gem that you've ever seen before but to say this is kind of neat this is what he would do if someone said here george romero direct this psa well guess what that's what they did this is what it was and it's exactly what you would think it would be i would think oh oh i gotta i gotta put this out there i swear this is not a hallucinogenic dream that i had one of the ones they made us watch was bill the rapist cosby in semi white face yes he he Uh, drew he had like white and black the name of the movie i was like what and, okay. um, and, and basically on. he's playing like every bigot that there is so it's just bill cosby in this weird makeup acting like you know why he hates jews blacks whites irish chinese people giving us slurs that we didn't even know existed <laughs> god i'm sure it's been i'm sure it's been buried in the same landfill that has the atari's et game but <laughs> it, it, it exists oh my god now, those things Bill, uh, I have a yeah. I have an important question. Uh, what's your cat's name? Uh, no, Gizzy, I'm so happy. She's like you a little. It. Oh, it's Gizzy. Oh, Gizzy, I have been meaning to discuss in. this cat with you. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. This okay. cat, <laughs> I saw it on one of the episodes. The most oh, yeah. gorgeous cat. He, oh, he is. He is a gorgeous boy. Oh. I'm not. I'm not going to edit that out because people will, will hear it meowing in the background. <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, there is an emotional support cat here, and it's yeah. just for me. And oh, I'm so happy it's Gizzy. So, so here's my question about this movie. Obviously, you know, we're talking about the, the, uh, the marketing in 2021 and how it might be a little bit off. My question though, is watching this, not even, not even taking into account George Romero's involvement, not taking into account the history of this movie, just as a PSA, I'm actually kind of curious, Hmm. what do we think about the effectiveness of this film and, and really like, I mean, I know Bill, you said it's a, it's a little bit over long, but what, mm. what do we think about the effectiveness in terms of really uh, getting the message across? Hmm. I that, think it's that's... effective. I think it's effective because it shows you all the various different, you know, ways that, that old people are not taken care of, um, mm-hmm. you know, especially those, especially those who are poor, which mm-hmm. is, which is a lot of them at that time. And, um, yeah, just the the need for a social net, and and again that the scene with the young couple again, overlong, and I don't we didn't have to keep cutting back and forth to them staring into the glow. We get it, but um, <laughs> but you know the fact that this these are your options. You're either going to get old or you're going to die before you get old. 
these are not great options, but assuming you don't die, which, you know, it's probably the preferable thing not to die. You, you need to keep in mind, this is coming. It, it's it's going to come for you. I've, I've checked the science. They're nowhere near anywhere getting, getting past this whole getting old and die thing. So, and, and let me say something about his editing. His editing is good. He, he, Romero has always been underrated as, as an editor. Mm. And in his earlier movies, where I think as time went on, he wasn't able to do, you know, directing and editing. But when you look at, martin and and things like this i mean this this didn't really need much of a soundtrack you could you could turn the sound off and get a lot of what's going on in this. it's it's edited almost like a silent movie they uh you mm -hmm. know just really really well done and and I, the other thing i noticed they didn't have the money for things like big tracking shots and camera movement but he's very good at using like people moving in the foreground and background to give a certain level of three-dimensional quality to what's going on. If the camera can't move, you can move the people within the scene. And mm -hmm. he's really good at that. It's it's well organized considering these were a bunch of people that, you know, amateurs and whoever showed up on the day of the shoot and corralling them is probably like herding cats. But he did a good job. He was good, he was a good crowd director. And and so many of his movies have crowds. Yeah. Crowds. <laughs> Night Rider, you know, whatever. He's he was good at showing masses of people doing stuff. Yeah, the the thing I actually did appreciate about this movie was the fact that it is it, it does focus on a lot of the kind of like subtle aspects of ageism. You know, you do have the you start with the the guy who's kind of like taking advantage of people. I I'm not entirely clear what mm. the metaphor there is supposed to be yeah but I, I guess you know he's just taking advantage of people and taking their their belongings to uh to to get tickets into the amusement park uh i'm i'm not oh, sure that man, that man represents inflation mm. oh does he is yeah that... and, and for those of you young folks out there who don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> just you wait <laughs> but i, I yeah, thought I mean, inflation was good bill didn't the economist it's good if you owe a great deal of it's, it's good if you owe a tremendous amount of money so you oh, can bet that the u.s oh. government which owes about 11 quadrillion zillion dollars is going to get right on this well i uh i just bought a house so i am mm. i'm pretty excited about good, our good timing place. dude very good yeah. timing yeah excellent <laughs> i'm not joking there good timing yeah well, uh, and I, I, uh, I, yeah, so I think, you know, there, there are obviously a, a lot of very... And congratulations, by the way, Zach. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. yeah we're yeah, moving this weekend. Awesome. So it's awesome. um, hopefully hopefully the internet will be well enough that uh, I can continue to do this podcast without sending like a robot. Hey, yeah. I got bad news. When, when, the, uh, when the plumbing breaks, it's your responsibility. Yeah, I know. Oh, God, God. I'm, I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so back, back to the movie. Yeah, back back to the movie. movie. Well, so I, I appreciate that there are a couple of aspects to this that are, uh, you know, kind of subtle. Like there, there's the scene, I think, honestly, one of the most touching scenes to me was where he is, uh, I think it's towards the end of the movie. Yes. Where he yes. sits down. Do you know, do you know which, which scene? Mm -hmm. you know exactly talk what about, you're though? talking about. Yeah. Which, which one? It was like the only little, nice thing that happened. Yeah. 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 It, it, and of course it can't last because this is the amusement park and yeah. nothing good can last. But isn't that, that the theme? Nothing good lasts. Yeah, yeah. right. But just, and that was just, one of my favorite scenes because it, when it kind of came up on it, you know, he walks up, you kind of see him in the background like this looming figure. And they're sitting there and it was just such a beautiful, picturesque mm -hmm. kind of a shot. Um, but I have to tell you, and I actually took a, I sent Paul a video, I was watching it and I died. I don't think you would really notice it unless you kind of looked. The little girl, when she was sitting there while he was reading her the book, she sat there and she was crossing her eyes. Oh no, I know <laughs> that totally. I was like, oh what my is God. this kid doing? <laughs> it was so great. Like that was oh. my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. I, I almost I, I wish that the the one thing I, I hate about this movie, the it, the credits do not actually say who's who. So it's yeah. really kind of hard to figure out. So I I I, I wanted to like see did, did I I'm sure none of these people actually went on to other stuff, but yeah. but yeah, I it wasn't I wasn't bad I love, for a little kid. Yeah, little kid but I, I like that because it's you know the one thing, and this is even even today, like the thing that gets overlooked. And I think probably even more so in the 70s when this was made is is just the 
you know, not the not even necessarily people taking advantage or the health issues or or any of that, but just the the like loneliness that a lot of old mm-hmm. people suffer from. And that's kind of like the you know, people it's, it's almost the, the the silent killer aspect to it, because so many, you know, they say so many people uh, kind of d- deteriorate when they get old if they don't have just that social support of just having people to talk to and interact with. So I don't know. I, I thought that scene was actually, despite the, the fact that that girl was having it up. <laughs> <laughs> like, went, yeah, it was, went to business for herself there. Yeah. It, it was like, <laughs> because it was a counterpoint to an earlier scene where there's some kids that he's trying to talk to. And a guy comes out, he's like, Hey, you pervert. You oh, know, yeah. and the guy's like, yeah. treating him like, like the guy's like nice and trying to even be, you know, yeah. and, and and they're like you pervert, and it's like, well, he, no, he's not. He's just he's actually trying to. And so I, it was a neat to have that that contrast between the yeah. two. So. Yeah, I agree. Because isn't that what Aqualung is about? But you know, no, really, it's like the the man is not a pervert eyeing little girls with bad intent. He's he's a you know, it's not that. But that's the whole point. If you listen to the lyrics of that song, that's another story. Anyway, oh. never mind. What is Aqualung? It's it's by Jethro Tull. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, good God. <laughs> what? What? I'm younger. It, do, it, does, have, it does have a great guitar lick, though, to open it up. So. Yeah, but people always talk And like a flute solo. Sitting on a park bench. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Jethro Tull. Here comes the flute solo. It's like, Jesus. Dude. Well, another thing I kind of wanted to mention uh, is the fact that, you know, like I said, there are no there are credits, but there are no uh, they they don't uh, attribute any of the roles to people. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to go back and figure out who a couple of people are now. This film, uh, you know, the cinematography is, uh, you know, Bill, you mentioned it's obviously kind of low budget, but there are still some pretty Mm -hmm. good shots in this movie. Uh, So this movie was shot by William Hinsman. Who, if you don't know who William oh, Hensman is, yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> if if you're sitting at home and you don't know who William Hensman is, uh, you can you can go Google it, or you can listen to our uh, our coverage of Night of the Living Dead, where we discuss uh, the fact that he is one of the most important people in the history of the zombie genre. Um, yeah. Because yeah, spoiler alert he he's he's the first ever zombie to appear in a Romero film as the uh, the graveyard zombie in Night of the Living Dead. But he shot this. He also has a credit in it. And it's kind of hard to tell because obviously in Night of the Living Dead, he has a bunch of makeup on. I think he's the guy giving the tickets. I, I, oh. I went back, hmm. back and I, and I, yeah, I don't know. You guys can can tell me if if you go back and, and scan through it because I was trying to figure out because he does, even though he has all that makeup in Night, he, he does have like kind of very, uh, uh, very like distinguishable features. So I was just going through and trying to figure out, okay, who who looks kind of like that? I, I don't know if it's that guy, but he looks like it could be. So I don't know. That's my uh, that's that's my guess. Now, very interesting as well. One of the other people who is credited in this film, uh, Michael Gornick, who, if you don't know that name, is incredibly incredibly important. Bill, you mentioned a lot of people work with Romero who only ever work r- with Romero. Yeah. This guy, he shot five movies. He was a cinematographer. He only shot five mm-hmm. movies. The five movies he shot were Martin, Dawn of the Dead, Night Riders, <laughs> Creep Show, and Day of the Dead. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty so, impressive. Yeah. He would go on to shoot all those movies. Uh, he also appeared in uh, a couple of uh, uh, other Romero films. He was in like The Crazies, Martin, uh, Dawn of the Dead, it, all very like minor roles. But uh, but yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting. This is a guy we'll talk about a lot when we get to the Dawn of the Dead episode, because uh, I think that film is, you know, just so iconic in the way it looks and everything. Mm-hmm. No idea what the guy looks like, though. So I, I have no idea who he played, uh, unfortunately. Couldn't, Ooh, Michael uh, Gornick? Michael Gornick, yeah. Hmm. Um, but I thought that was kind of interesting that this is, this is uh, I think, the first or one of the first things that he really worked with uh, Romero on. But then, yeah, he, he obviously went on to... Uh, well, he he did, later went, became a producer. Uh, yeah, he produced some stuff. Actually, uh, yeah, he 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 had a bunch of different roles. If you look at his IMDb yeah. credits, he only has a couple in each category, but he has roles in uh, like a bunch of categories. Yeah. In fact, which is interesting. Yeah, he he would also go on to uh, work on one of my favorite TV series of all time, or, or mini series of all time. Uh, he was an associate producer on The Stand. Uh, this is the 1994 version, not the shitty new version. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Kind of an interesting, again, 
Like it's it's so funny when you look at the Romero stuff. He he obviously had a kind of dedicated group of people in his uh, in his orbit. Um, I gotta but, say it's a little surprising that you know because Creepshow especially is an astonishingly well shot film. Yeah, with a lot of tricky yeah. uses of color and, and everything yeah. else that ma he manages to pull off. A lot of people have tried that and they haven't succeeded. It, it's kind of amazing to me that he only was a cinematographer for these uh, Romero films. Yeah. He, he's, so he's one of those people I would love to go and find yeah. out kind of like what happened to him or what is he doing now? Why, why did he? Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, he, he the fact that he shot, yeah. The creep show, Don day, uh, night riders, especially like Dawn of day, like even outside yeah. of like the horror genre, those are, or people who are, who are necessarily, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, George Romero, uh, enthusiasts, like those are still very important movies mm -hmm. and any, any horror fan, you know, you show shots from those movies and they can uh, immediately identify what they are. So I don't know. Also George Romero's in here. He he's credited. I, I haven't been able to figure out who he is. Uh, wasn't but, he the guy uh, driving the, uh, the, um, wasn't he the guy driving the, the, the bumper car that turned right though? He signaled left or whatever. Wasn't that him? Was he? I, 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 I seem to remember. I thought he there... was a different guy. Oh, was it, there was a really tall guy. Maybe one of the things I've ever seen. But wait, I was, the... there was a scene where I was, I was, I was like, wait, that's that, that's Romero, isn't it? He's really tall. You don't really see his face. Um, oh, really? So, so I, he was he was the guy had... accusing the old people. I yeah. think that was it. I think that was him because I seem hmm. to remember him yelling at the old people. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I'll have to watch that. Yeah, I'll have to go back and scan through it. You go and it's like this guy who's like three foot five, and you're like, no. <laughs> yeah. Good call, Detective uh, Cardulo. Okay, no, 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 I'm sorry. I, I actually, I actually have it up, and I was just looking. I think that is him. Okay, I think yeah. that is. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's funny because his his look kind of changed over the years. So it's, it did, it's, right? I, you have to remember. Okay, which era Romero am I looking for? <laughs> mm -hmm. And this is not this is not yet the late yeah. '70s uh, beard and uh, and. Um, uh, a scarf Romero. This is still <laughs> early seventies Romero. Um, cool. Good call. Um, yeah. So is there anything else we want to talk about or, or any other, uh, any other things that we think are worth discussing about this movie? I mean, people got to get their, you know, their expectations, right. If they're going to enjoy this, because if you just go in cold or worse, if you go in expecting it to be this lost horror masterpiece, you're going to come out thinking this is basically two of the lesser episodes of the Twilight Zone stitched together. Those <laughs> those episodes where they had an idea and it was about a three minute idea that they stretched out. Oh, yeah. Whole half well, hour. No, no, I, I'd actually I'd actually say this is uh, because wasn't there a season of the Twilight Zone where they actually went, they, yeah, they yeah. went to the yeah. hour format and that was like the worst season. The worst that, season because yeah. they, they did not come up with our ideas. No, nope. they, they had yeah. the same. Yeah, it was Good call. It was this. This was a great half hour film uh, extended yeah. to to an hour. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? If it wasn't this long, the relentlessness of it. True. Does kind of work to its advantage, you know, that, that as far as the message goes, it gets the message across. So from that point of view, it's successful. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's hard to imagine watching this and not come away with a sense of dread, which yeah. I think is is kind of what they were going for. Oh, yeah. So, the point. Uh, but mm, it is. But I can also understand the point of view of the Lutheran society that like, <laughs> um, no. This is not yeah. what we were thinking. We were looking for our friend Corn, and uh, we got this. Yeah, it's well, a little too Catholic for them. <laughs> yeah. Well, there there are also like a couple of. I mean, the the whole thing has a lot of weird, kind of depressing shots in it. But there are a couple of things. There are a couple of weird cutaway shots. Like there's the shot when he gets up from the. Uh, he's like sitting on the bench or something. I think, or I, I can't remember exactly which which part it is. But he, I think he like gets up. And then they cut back to the bench where he left some food, but now there are a bunch of like rats on it. Mm. <laughs> I thought that was like <laughs> kind of disturbing. And then also like there are a couple of shots where you literally see death. There's a there's oh. a shot where oh, yeah, death, yeah. death is riding the like. There's a really quick shot where they're looking at the uh, the carousel, and mm. death is literally riding the carousel. Isn't that some? I did mm. not even notice that. Yeah, he was, like, wasn't figure. he also in the scene with the bikers? I can't remember. I think he, I think he was around that time. You see yeah. him just like walking across the road or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
He has a scythe and like a really bad mask. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. That's interesting. Yeah. See, you know what it is? It's like that that psychology experiment where we're watching yeah. the people pass the basketball and you don't see the monkey. Yeah, That's oh my god, yes. Like that. <laughs> That's great. It really is. Uh... Or, or or not. Yeah. That's <laughs> exactly what it was. No, I agree. Well, well, yeah, if, if there's nothing else we want to talk about specifically, uh, do we want to kind of I, I know we've been we've been kind of talking around the fact that, you know, this is I think I think we all agree there are some interesting things in here and it probably serves its purpose. But do we want to kind of summarize and give a give a we usually do our, our ratings and rantings and where we kind of slap a, a rating on each movie and we kind of summarize our thoughts. So maybe it'd be good to to do that here and actually see where we feel this lies on the actual like rating spectrum. And, you know, we, we always do VHS tapes, so we'll do it. But this time, you know, I think we'll do it. Uh, we'll, we'll rate this out of five unearthed uh, moth-eaten 16-millimeter prints because okay. that's how I imagine they found this movie. So uh, if, if we want to do that, uh, who wants to kick us off? Who wants to give us uh, their, their kind of final thoughts on George Romero's lost masterpiece, The Amusement Park? Go into this looking it as exactly what it is. It's a law. It's an older PSA from the seventies. It's an artifact from that time. Um, and if you watch it like that, and like I said, I'm a fan of the r slash obscure media subreddit. Um, for that, I mean, I'd I'd give it I'd give it a a full three three um re rewound um uh moth eaten 16 millimeter tapes now if you're going into it trying to see like some lost romero masterpiece and you want something to terrify you you're gonna you're gonna think it's like half of a reel but but <laughs> in terms of inter you know for what it is i would give it actually three reels knowing that you're watching an artifact from another time so mm -hmm. uh so renee what do you think um the, 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 I think one of the best ways I can describe this is it reminds me of my, oh, it reminds me of my childhood. Um, <laughs> wow. When so I was. Would you, would you beat up the elderly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I was three years old, someone had the bright idea to take me to see E.T. in the movie theater. Mm -hmm. And as we were leaving, I think it was my dad. As we were leaving, he was like, did you like it? And I was like, no, uh, because <laughs> it made me sad. And um, mm -hmm. So it's not that I didn't like this movie. The movie just made me feel bad. And I don't like things that make me feel bad. <laughs> so, But, you know, for what it was and for, you know, trying to get a message across and all that stuff, you know, it was it was effective. And like Bill said, they really just hammer it into your skull until you kind of look like uh, the guy at the end of the movie. Um, and for me. I, I think mo you guys are aware I live in heaven's waiting room yeah. and it, when I tell you this hit close to home, Oh my God. Um, so yeah, it's uh it was a little too real. Yeah. This is going to be a real crowd pleaser in the sunshine state. <laughs> so Renee, how many, how many, how many, yeah, how right. 16 millimeter prints do you have? So I went to a, a shop and I met with Joaquin Phoenix and Nicolas Cage. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's eight millimeter. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'd probably give it a three as well. I most certainly will probably never watch this again. Um, again, not because it wasn't worth watching, um, but like I get the point. I, I already had gotten the point, but I, you're like telling me the point again and again and again. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, do I want like shitty little kids to watch this movie? Sure. Because I think they should all suffer through it as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and if you're lucky enough to live to that age, then uh, you can get an idea of what's in store for you. Um, <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's. Ooh. Oh. Maybe that's the whole point is to make sure you don't live to that age. You're like, oh, forget right. it. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm exiting now. I'm, I'm renewing. Mountain climbing. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> On that bright note, <laughs> next. <laughs> what do you think, Bill? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I I will give it two and a half. It's it's so hard to judge a movie because I'm like Renee. Yeah. At this point in my life, I want to be entertained. Yeah. At the same time, this movie was never meant to be entertaining. I'm not sure how you, you know, his goal was to tell a film about elderly abuse. I don't know what the entertaining elderly abuse film would be unless Sylvester Stallone makes another Rocky movie. <laughs> it is, you know, there's just, there's not a whole lot of entertainment value there. So, but it, that's not what it was meant to do. And I think it's effective at what it does. I think it's a little long, but you know, it would fill up a class period or Sunday school or whenever they thought they were going to show this. As far as lost films go, I mean, again, it's right in the middle. It's, it's, it's not good enough to be London after midnight and it's not bad enough to be the day the clown cried. It's, you know, kind of in the middle there and, it's always fun when they find something, mm. when they find a lost film. The problem is they found a lot of them, and the ones that remain lost are often because, you know, the folks took a look at it and said, Ugh. now this one is not is not in that category where it was just a badly made film, incompetent, and just needed to be, you know, even drive-ins wouldn't show it. It's just not what they were going for. So it's it's definitely a unique thing. And you can certainly see bits of uh, Romero's, you know, style and all there. And I, I, you know, this is at a time when he's making the transition. He's still making commercials. He's still making short subjects. He's about to become a completely dedicated horror film director. And I guess this, this you could say, this one kind of bridges the gap between those two uh, phases of his artistic career. So I, I take back what I said. I guess if you're, you know, if you are a Romero fan, it's probably it's probably worth watching for that reason. But it's not an enjoyable experience. But then old age is not an enjoyable experience. So there you go. Do you think things yeah. are better now for old people than they were back then? You know, you were talking, Zach, about the loneliness, and yeah, that that's a huge thing. I'm sure people still are lonely and you could make the argument that even with social media, people are in some ways lonelier than ever. But at the same time, it is possible if you learn how to use social media and everything that right up to the day you can't hit the keyboard anymore, you can have friends all over the world and keep in touch with people. And, you know, you don't have to wonder whatatever happened to that person I knew back in college. I'm still in touch with folks I knew in high school, even though we've been scattered to the winds. So you know, I think some things have gotten better. And old people nowadays, I gotta say, old people nowadays are not like they, I remember them. My, my great grandmother was in her 80s. And if you, if you sat on her lap as a child, you, you sank into her. It was actually kind of a cool thing. You know, she was like a, a human pillow. And you just, <laughs> she was so old and frail and everything. She still had her wits about her, but she was just, she was old and, and delicate. And now I'm looking, you know, it's not just the TV commercials. People are, you know, 80 year old and they're jumping out of airplanes, usually with a thing, forget the parachute and they're skin diving and they're doing all the, you know, they're working out. And I just think we are healthier than we were back then, you know, so maybe things have gotten better or am I just kidding myself because I'm getting pretty close to that. <laughs> well, yeah, Bill, uh, I, I was, I was going to say, I think the difference is now, if you sit in the lap of an 80 year old woman, you, you do break her leg. So please don't <laughs> do that. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you can't, you still would sink down then. You still you would sink oh. straight through. Oh my god! So <laughs> so on that note, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the wheel here. <laughs> I'm gonna so so I'm gonna say it's kind of interesting, uh, kind of what you were just mentioning, Bill, about you know if watching this movie as just a kind of curiosity or watching it as a a fan of of George Romero and getting to see an un, unearthed uh, lost film. So I, I actually kind of struggled with that because I was like, yeah, how much how much of my enjoyment from this came from just knowing that I get to mm -hmm. see this one more George Romero movie and how much of it was like based on the actual quality of the film. So I kind of struggled. I think this would be a three. I actually think it is, you know, despite the length being uh, a little bit a little bit long, like we said, I think that the the message is good, obviously. And I think that he's actually pretty successful in kind of communicating the message and you know he kind of hits you over the head with it but at the same time i think that it's actually like even though the metaphors are really weird and <laughs> some sequences are just like i don't know they they don't necessarily i think connect how he intended them to i think ultimately it actually does still 
do a, a pretty good message of uh, or a pretty good job of driving that message home and kind of making you very sympathetic to you know the, these these characters and kind of showing a lot of things that people probably don't you know ageism is is one of those things people just don't think about it's like every other ism where oftentimes you engage in it without even thinking about it so uh so yeah i'd say i would give this a three that but the romero fanboy in me getting to see a, a new romero mo- film would probably give this a four so i'm gonna give it i'm gonna average out to a 3.5 which is probably far too generous but you know uh, maybe maybe it was just the the excitement of seeing this and and getting yeah. to see again some of the romero connections one of the most fun things of watching any of his things especially the earlier movies are kind of going back and kind of doing the uh the finding all the connections and connecting the dots with his other works. So yeah, I'm going to say it's a, a 3.5, a generous 3.5, which I believe gives us a, an average of a three. So respectable, not, not great. Probably, yeah. probably not his, not his best work. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely worth watching. I think, uh, you know, it's worth sitting through once for, if nothing else, just for the, uh, the historical value of it. I mean, it's probably my least favorite Romero. I'm trying to think of anything I, Oh, yeah. him mm. that I dislike more. Uh, Bruiser's not great, but I think I'd, I'd definitely watch Bruiser again before I watch this. Uh, I would I would actually probably, now it's been a long time since I watched it, so I, I have to go and well, I will go back and watch it because we'll be covering it at some point, but I think, uh, I think I would probably take this over, what is it, Survival of the Dead? Mm. <laughs> That's yeah. the second to last one. I actually haven't seen the last movie, so uh, oh, yeah, I was so... I was so no, I was so depressed when I saw Survival oh. uh, that so yeah uh, but hey I'll be watching it for this podcast and we'll be talking about it so yeah well, has anyone ever watched There's Always Vanilla I actually haven't I... it's actually on I think Arrow and so it it's yeah. on my list yeah is it yeah. about ice cream uh sure I uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Bill, before we go, what other, mm-hmm. where else can we see you and uh, your cat? Mm. Uh, oh, on Decades of Horror, the 1970s, and Decades of Horror, the 1980s, which is part of Gruesome Magazine. And uh, we'll be doing, <laughs> oh, you, you can expect us <laughs> to talk about Bloodsucking Freaks. Oh. And... Oh, and and you'll you'll definitely get to see my cat because the uh, the next one we'll be doing will be Lucio Fulci's The Black Cat. Oh, nice! I did. And if you would like to hear Bill talk for about twenty minutes about how much he hates blood sucking freaks, check out our our most recent Q Tips episode, (laughs) where normally it's a it's a feature where we recommend a bunch of movies to watch for the first time ever. Bill has recommended a movie to steer clear of, so check that out. Um, Yeah, so I think I think two weeks after we release this episode, we are going to be starting in on. Uh, what will probably, given our cadence, be a, uh, I don't know, for the rest of the year, if not longer, coverage of the Living Dead series. So we'll be talking a lot about George Romero and some of the most most important films in his filmography. So, you know, check that out. And uh, in the meantime, uh, don't get old, I think, is the, yeah. the, the oh, message I took away from this movie. Yeah. So, yeah, stay young. All the alternatives are terrific. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh boy.